Good morning. This is commentary on John the Baptist, Lesson 4. I'm Laura Berg. Um, I have referred to several commentaries, mostly Catholic, such as Scott Hahn and Bishop Barron, for this commentary. Oh Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come to me, but speak the words of comfort, my spirit healed shall be. This hymn I just read, and I'm not singing it, thank you all very much, was written by Robert Cochise. The last verse of this hymn will be recognizable to most of you who attend the cathedral. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Which is, of course, what Monsignor Frank says at each Mass after communion. I asked him once why he says this, and he said because he was raised listening to it at Mass each Sunday in Ireland. Now, I know y'all are wondering why did I even read this hymn to y'all. This hymn came to me one day out of nowhere when I was sitting at Mass, and I now pray it each time before I receive communion. I had not thought about it since I was in grade school at St. Jude the Apostle, and we used to sing it when I went there sixth through eighth grades. After delving into John the Baptist, I thought this hymn really applies to him. His humility, his trust, his devout love of God, how so spirit-filled he was. He lived for one purpose and one purpose only, to point others to the Messiah. The way he lived his life seems so completely opposite to me to how our world calls us to live today. I cannot tell you how many times I have sat in chapel staring at John baptizing Jesus, thinking what a hairy guy he was. Dumb me didn't realize that that hair on that relief in the chapel was not his hair, it was a camel's hair, and I didn't know that. So that's just a silly side note after reading, doing the readings. So I really did think he was really hairy. I didn't know that. Um, and then I thought, how would they even know that? But Okay, now when I sit and stare at John behind the monstrance, I think of his words, I must decrease so you can increase. Growing up, my family went to the lake each summer. One of my memories as a child was diving into the extremely cold waters, swimming underwater, and opening my eyes. It was creepy, it was dark, and it was surreal under there. And then I would come up gasping for breath, come out of the water into this beautiful, bright sunshine. Maybe this is what it was like for those Jewish people, and maybe this is how they felt as they were dunked into the Jordan River, only to come out cleansed and into the light. There are so many examples of darkness and light in the life and readings of John. Even being in Adoration Chapel when it's raining and dreary and dark outside, the light of Christ seems to shine as I stare again at that relief of Jesus and John. John led the people from the darkness of the Old Covenant to the light of Jesus in the New Covenant. He gave his life to testify to the light of Jesus. He was a light to the nations, to all those groping in the dark for God. He's a light to us today as he directs us to stay centered on Christ. He reminds us we are sinners and he helps us realize our lives are not about us, but they're about God's purpose for us. Again, as he says, we have to de decrease, he needs to increase. I found an article written by a Christian writer named Debbie McDaniel, which lists six powerful truths about John the Baptist that can help us to live with purpose today. Number one, 
God's timing in our lives is always perfect. Even before John's birth, his purpose was announced by the angel Gabriel, who said John was to turn his people back to the Lord. God was calling as the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Number two, God has a specific calling and purpose for our lives today. John's parents recognized the clear calling of the Lord to their son. They honored the words given to them by Gabriel. John used the isolation of the desert to grow spiritually and to focus on the message of God. Number three, God gives us power to keep our hearts and our minds set on Christ, even in our desert days, which are what a lot of us have been going through over these past 18 months. John did not let anything get in his way. He kept his heart on Christ. He lived in the desert, he took the Nazarite vow, and he lived his days with purpose. His clothing and his diet were simple. He was not loaded down with the cares and desires of the world. He chose obedience to God's call. He said yes. He did not allow his own desires or other people to interfere with what he knew was what he was there to do, and he lived with determination and he lived with purpose. He knew and he understood God's call. Number four, humility and obedience to God matter more than what others think of us. John obviously didn't care what others thought about him and only wanted to bring them to repentance before Christ. Many people came to John and followed him, but he did not let that make him proud and self-absorbed. Deep humility and obedience characterize his life and his ministry. Humility is a gift from God that must be present in all of our lives. It is learning to build from roots, from the profound, and from the simple. As so beautifully spoken by John, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I am, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry, Matthew 3.11. He must increase, we must decrease. Number five, our mission in this life is to point others to Christ. He was brave and he was willing to speak the truth, even when it meant his own death. He spoke with clarity and passion. He was not a people pleaser. He simply spoke the truth. He called out the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the tax collectors, Herod, and others. He saw through their exteriors into their deeper hearts. And number six, no matter what battles we face in this world, there's always, there is always true and unending, unending freedom through Christ. He alone is our hope and our deliverer. He lived for Christ. He lived to point others to Christ. He paved the way for the one who truly will set us free. Even when things did not make sense, even when he doubted and he suffered, he knew Christ was his Lord and he knew Christ was his King. Here are some interesting facts about John the Baptist. He's the patron saint of Jordan, Puerto Rico, French Canada, Charleston, South Carolina, Cornwall, England, and many others. The Roman historian Josephus writes about John in one of his works. Christianity and Islam both revere him. He is the patron saint of tailors, shepherds, and masons. His symbol is the lamb. His ministry began in A.D. 29, the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar. John was the first prophet in Israel in about four centuries. John is in all four Gospels, but Luke's is the most complete, giving circumstances accompanying his birth and his death. His emblem in church art is the animal skin. 
John's baptism of Jesus in the Jordan signaled the beginning of Jesus' own ministry. Other titles for John include John the Forerunner in Eastern Christianity, John the Immerser in some Baptist traditions, and the prophet John, and it's spelled Y-A-H-Y-A, in Islam. He is sometimes alternatively called John the Baptizer. He was a Nazarite a person set apart and especially consecrated to the Lord. We only celebrate the birth of two saints every year, Mary on September 8th, John on June 24th. While not immaculately conceived as Mary was, Gabriel did promise John's father, Zechariah, that his son John would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. For the Holy Spirit to dwell within him, John had to be freed from original sin before his birth which according to a tradition of the church occurred when John met Jesus at the visitation. And lastly, and this just came up this morning, John, you know, did a baptism of repentance for everyone. I was listening to WSB and Brian Wright came on this morning. And of all things, he spoke about the word repentance. And he said, you know, it's such an archaic word. People wonder why do we even talk about this word anymore? He said, but it's really not archaic. He said, what it is saying is you are heading the wrong way. You are going down the wrong way. You need to make a U-turn and turn around. So I love that I heard that on the radio this morning from him. Um, This last year and a half have been a challenging time, emotionally and spiritually. I'm sure for all of y'all in this room. I have felt so many times kind of lost in my own desert, not sure which way I'm supposed to be going. I have thirsted for God, seeking his voice, praying for his direction. I have even dreamt a few times that I'm on a train and I'm in a very, very dark tunnel. And I'm praying that it's please not going to wreck before it comes out into the light and gets out of the tunnel. I have to say I blame COVID for all these weird dreams and other things that have gone on with me in the past year and a half. I was going through old emails and I came across one that I wrote and sent to my siblings in May of 2020. Back then, we thought COVID was going to be over in a few weeks and that life was going to get back to normal. I thought I would share it as I don't even remember to tell you all the truth about even writing this thing. And I feel as if the Holy Spirit must have been guiding me and helping me to see God's light in the darkness at that time. Okay, and so this is what I wrote to my siblings. I have a lot of siblings. Um, I said, I get up each day and I try to think of the good and the positive. This is hard for me as I tend to be negative, just ask my husband Lee. So I am thankful for the most beautiful clear skies in Atlanta this past month I can remember since my childhood, even surpassing the beautiful skies of Canada. For quiet streets as families walk and ride their bikes. For cooking each meal at home, eating much healthier, spending less because we're not going out. For getting to know neighbors better as we convene outside on the steps twice a week to have a cocktail and to check on each other. For long two to three miles walks with my cousin Frank, my friend Barbara, who's sitting right over there, and of course Lee as we solve all the problems of the world. For being able to watch Mass daily on live stream from Christ the King. For liquor stores not being closed. (laughs) For jigsaw puzzles and good books loaned by neighbors for Netflix shows at night, for the health of my children and my grandchildren, for the gift of my kids being able to spend real family life with their spouses and their children, for my children and their spouses not losing their jobs during this crisis, 
for apps like House Party, GroupMe, and FaceTime so we can feel connected at least a little bit and we can give each other virtual hugs. For all of my family and close friends staying in touch, checking on each other. For rarely having to fill up my car with gas. So, I end, dear siblings, with two of my favorite Bible verses. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. Number six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Proverbs 6. John the Baptist was an amazing prophet, saint, cousin to Jesus, son of Elizabeth, baptizer of repentance to so many. I didn't really think much about him before writing this commentary, but I have grown to love and to respect this saint. It has been a gift for me to write this and to feel like I've gotten to know this saint more. I am very thankful, and I know he is going to hold a special place in my heart from now on. God bless all of y'all. And Carrie, do you want to do them? We're going to try it. Okay.